participating in this kingdom of which we've been made a part. And they were chosen long, long ago. And woven into the fabric, not only of the universe, but of who we are. Now, it doesn't talk very much in this passage about what those works are. Just looking at chapter 2, it's kind of left open-ended on what that might be. But scripture is not silent throughout the rest of scripture about what that might be. We have so many clues that guide us as to what that might look like. So I'm going to propose this morning to you that I think it involves two very important pieces. It certainly could be more than this, but I think it is at the very least these two parts. The first part that I believe is prepared for each one of us who have received this wonderful gift of grace is that we have been granted the privilege to offer what God has filled us with for the body of believers. If the Spirit fills us, the Spirit also gives to us gifts of the Spirit. So that we're equipped to, contri- to contribute to what the body of believers is doing and to help one another in this journey as we journey together. And it's true for every one of us. One of the things that I appreciate so much about the charismatic tradition is the way in which they emphasize the ministry of all believers. All of us are to participate in the ministry. It's not the pastoral staff that does it. The pastoral staff helps to equip those who have been engaged in the body of believers so that we all participate with our unique giftedness. And we each bring a unique set of gifts into this place. I'd like to introduce to you a couple of people. Um, the background for this, I've been wanting to interview them for a period of time. Um, a couple months ago, you probably recall that in here we gave an award that was initiated by a group of um, mid-high boys that did an award that was dedicated to the memory of Mark Fisher and this year's recipients were Rich and Mika Skiles, and we honored them a couple months ago with that award. And that award has to do with a lifetime of service. There are a lot of people who have engaged in ministry, and it just so happens that their lifetime is a lot shorter, and they haven't yet had a chance to live that through a lifetime. But the value of what it means to invest and engage in the body of believers, I'm looking across right now, this crowd, and there would easily be 200 people that I could bring up on the stage and say, talk to us about your journey here. I just, this morning, for a very particular reason, would like to introduce to you two of them, Ashley Claire and John Sands. Would you come up and join me? I think we have microphones down here. Yep. like we're pouring our lives. 
sometimes into someone else. Sometimes it turns around and we are the great beneficiaries. And it turns out that God's Spirit simply poured God's Spirit into ourselves. And I can ask about what that might look like in their life. Um, so, start us off. Uh, Sean, why don't you start us off? How did you get involved here? received a phone call, now that I'm recalling this, same kind of thing, would you like to come dressed up in Western wear? And I had an old duster that I pulled out of storage and wore that particular weekend I remember for the good years. Thank you, Sean. Ashley, how did the journey begin with you?
about six, seven years ago when that took place. Um, there are a hundred different ways to enter into participation around here and multiply that exponentially for being involved in what God's doing in the world around us. Um, your story may look very different, but there's a storyline that allows you to use your giftedness to edify the work of the church wherever God has placed you. As I said before, I really believe that there is a component where this is not just pouring out and emptying yourself. Something happens in response that somehow benefits us. In your reflection, give us one or two ways in which you feel like um, it has enhanced your spiritual journey. Either one of you. Amazing. Um, I, I know that for both of you, you've talked about your involvement in youth, but uh, in the last year, there's been a shift in some of the things that 
It's an invitation for all of us to join in the fellowship. I'm convinced, I've reflected on this a number of times, I'm convinced that hospitality, which is something that we're supposed to practice, is an outgrowth or a symptom of Sabbath living. In order to practice hospitality, you have to create space in your life, which is what Sabbath is, creating space for God to work. So when you create space by creating time in your schedule, by creating enough space in your energy basket to do the things that God is calling you to do, then some of these other wonderful things begin to flow out of your life and become part of the church, hospitality being one of them, providing opportunities for mission trips being one of those things. I know that many of you have experienced this, but I certainly want to say in front of everyone, the ways in which the two of you have lived your life has ministered to me, has helped me to grow because I have watched you practice that Sabbath living in powerful ways that transform not only others, but have transformed me. And I just want to say thanks. Thanks for coming up and sharing with us. So one of the ways by which I think this passage says good works prepared in advance for us to do that we have been blessed with ways by which we contribute to the kingdom, to the local church, to the body of believers, however you want to define that body of believers. Bottom line is, the church needs you. I think it's a fair question to ask of one another. How are you pouring into the body of believers? What is it that you're giving of yourself into this? And again, I look around this group and I see such a variety of ways by which people are taking their love and their passion and giftedness from teaching to skateboarding. All the ways in which we move from being ushers and greeters to being engaged in the Sunday school class or small groups and providing space for that to take place. How about you? Everyone's needed. I would also like to propose that you bring someone along with you as an opportunity arises. If you have children, can they tag along? Can they watch and rehearse if you're in music? Can they sit along with you as you're getting ready for a Sunday school class? 
Sanctification is not that the struggle has ceased to exist, but the struggle has come under the grace of God. It's not that I am better at disciplining myself, it's that I am better at surrendering myself. It is not that I have guilted myself toward faith, it's that I have allowed grace to compel me into living in fresh new ways. And this passage calls us to engage in the body of believers, and then wherever God has placed us, to allow it to look like the fruit of the Spirit, so that at the end of the day, someone can see in your work the kingdom of God at work. That's what we've been called to. That's Ephesians chapter 2. Not by those works, by grace that happens. The chapter then concludes with an interesting metaphor. It speaks about all of us being brought together and all of you who you are being brought together under the Lordship of Christ in a house that has been built with the cornerstone as Jesus Christ, held together by God's grace. A house that is built on that steady foundation 
grace of God and our surrender to that grace to allow our giftedness to be used in this setting and the fruit of the Spirit to be exemplified through the work that we do. I don't know for me that there's any better way to articulate how important and powerful this, this is than to recognize that when we live outside of that, we live on something that's really built on our own understanding, our own desires, and our own culture's values. And I think the best way to depict what that looks like is this wonderful little piece that goes, I think you know how it goes, Foolish man built his house upon the sand. Foolish man built his house upon the sand. Foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down. So many of you know this, huh? The rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, and the floods came up. And the house on the sand went splat. Wow, you didn't even enjoy the motions as much as I did, but your loss. There's amazing truth in that wonderful little song. That the foundation of sin, when we are trying to do this in ways that don't fall in line with Scripture, leave us in a very unsteady, unstable, uncertain place. But, when we dig down deep to the foundation stone and give ourselves to God's Spirit work within us, and you know what that's like. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling down. Everybody, the rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, and the floods came up. The rains came down, and the floods came up, and the house on the rock stood strong. Yeah, absolutely. Father in heaven. It is so easy for us to not pay attention to the foundation, but instead to get caught up in all the little trimmings, all the veneer, all the showy things that sometimes catch our eye and are unaware of how the foundation is cracking. Thank you. 